I want to ask you this because you, I think, hit the nail on rejection in a very personal level. Why do you think rejection shakes us to the core so much? Because I think maybe that's the deep, like, human longing is to belong. And so when you're rejected, you're told that you don't belong or you're not good enough or you don't measure up or or what or you're too much. <laughs> Welcome to Casa de Arte, a podcast about creativity, spirituality, and the thread that holds them together, love. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) (coughs) Ashley has a slight cough, so every time she laughs, she's going to start dry heaving. Thank you for that, my love. Oh, another day, another dollar. Today we are talking about how to deal with rejection. Yes, we've been a little absent. Um, Our daughter was born four weeks ago on Wednesday, October 2nd. It will be four weeks. And it's just been a whirlwind. No sleep. So and a cold. And so because of that, we were not on last week. We want to be consistent because consistency gains followers. We want to be consistent because we enjoy doing this and we've had a whopping 42 downloads. Oh, don't give people our statistics. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Oh my gosh. So basically, I know that you guys are out there listening. And so we're so excited to be here and to not waste your time. So why don't we just jump in? I wanted to give people a background of what was this happening, why we weren't here last week. Anyway. I think they uh, heard last we are so week's episode. Tired. Are you tired? I'm so tired. Anyway, today we're talking about, as Ashley said, rejection and how to deal with rejection. I think rejection is something that we have all faced at some point in our lives, maybe some more than others. And we just want to touch on it because I think it um, it was actually Ashley that came up with the topic tonight. So she's going to kick off how she deals with rejection. But um, I think it's a really, uh, a really good one in that it's very universal and we've got to deal with it somehow. So Ashley, how do you deal with rejection in the midst of creativity? I love this topic because rejection has truly become a launching pad for me, specifically with my business. Um, I'm sure that you guys all know that we live in a very image driven world. And so photographers are everywhere. And there's more than plenty of photographers to choose from. And so because of that, I get my fear of rejection. (laughs) Um, For various reasons, whether that's pricing or not necessarily vibing with the couple or the client. Um, not having the same vision for whatever the reason, um, I have my fear of rejection too. And for me at the beginning, I saw it as a failure, you know, um, I I failed, I'm not hitting my margins 
And I realized that now as I've become more established and more well-known, and I do have a full calendar every year, um, rejection frees me up to have other kinds of opportunities, whether that's a better client down the road um, or actually having time to do a personal project. Um, rejection has really allowed me to to be more creative, if that's, if I can say that. Um, I'll give you an example. So this year I had two couples that were getting married in the same date. And one of them uh, was a wedding that I would have to do out of state. And one of them was local. And I was kind of more um, partial to the local ones because I knew them. And so I really wanted to do their wedding and they were even willing to move their date for me. But um, I let them know that the first is kind of first come, first serve. So if the out-of-state wedding was going to book me, then, you know, I'd have to reject them. But um, it worked out that they actually ended up finding another photographer, the out-of-state wedding, and I was able to get the local couple instead, which that was kind of the date they really wanted. So um for me, I saw that as a great opportunity of like how rejection allows me to really just kind of pursue what I want to pursue. So yeah, so I don't know what you're up to today. If you're feeling rejected with your work or your art, but I, I ask you to kind of see it differently, see it from the other side of like, um, okay, so now that I've been rejected what kind of opportunities can I take up um, during this time? Is it maybe getting more education, um, getting more inspiration? Um, I've talked to a photographer that had an idea and she was kind of freed up because she moved out of state and she's transitioning. Clientele is kind of hard when you're transitioning. And so I told her, well, why don't you just go for the idea that you have this personal project and I encourage her to do that. And so she did. And it's kind of blown up in her favor and she's actually getting known for it. But none of that would have happened if she had not taken that opportunity in the midst of rejection. So how do you navigate rejection? Um from people maybe in light of your creativity or do you not care what people think when they reject me mm-hmm. um no i respect it because i also when it comes to family pictures every year i get to reject photographers and i don't say that in a way that it's like oh i'm super prideful of who i choose but yeah, there's going to be a photographer that's going to fit my need more than another, more of my vision, my style, availability. There's various reasons why people reject me and, and I respect it. Like I said, I feel like at the end of the day, um, the work that I that I do get to do is a privilege. And if for whatever reason it doesn't work out with a couple, then I know that it was for my best and their best interest. And outside of the creative realm, how do you deal with rejection? similar um in relationships 
I really believe that, you know, we're not necessarily meant to be friends with everybody or to get along with everybody. And I have to trust that the people that are on my side are here for this season and for a reason. And so I don't take it personally if there's rejection met, or at least I try not to take it personally. Yeah, I saw a quote and it was along the lines of, you know, there's nothing worse, there's nothing more disrespectful than wasting someone's time because we only have so much of it. So time is like such a, it should be such a valuable thing. Yeah, Um, luxury. uh, And so I was thinking about how, well then on the flip side, like there's nothing more sacrificial than someone giving you their time or someone saying that you're worth my time. Um, and I love that. I think, I I don't know though. I I think I go back and forth on the line of like being too flippant with time, I guess. I don't know when I, when I get with people that I love, the clock kind of fades away. I don't really look at it. I don't think about it because we're in the moment, I guess, but maybe that's, that can be bad sometimes too. If I'm, if, if they're looking at the clock. (laughs) Didn't you used to quote something about when people were late? About how, like, that's wasting your time. And right. saying, like, you don't matter. Yeah. I mean, that's been said. That's, I don't, there's not, like, a zingy quote to that. Um, but, yes, in a way, it's, yeah, in a way, you know, you being late is showing that you don't really have any regard for the other person's time. Right. Which is why, you know, I don't even say, you know, I'm sorry I'm late anymore. <laughs> at this point, now, I just thank them for... We're still saying, mm. you know, kind of flipping the script and like, wow, thank you so much for waiting on me. Um, but what about you, Lewis? How do you deal with rejection? Oh, yeah, I don't. So nice. <laughs> so snap. Rejection is so hard and suffocating. And um, so as spiritual or as Sunday school as this might sound, with my rejection and rejection usually for me it comes up with like great sorrow and sadness and depression and then it moves into anger and bitterness and so once i get to the end of myself i'm able to then take it to the lord which is probably who i should have taken it to from the very beginning and give my rejection to the one that was rejected first and not just in christ but literally god the father or mother uh, who created Adam and Eve, and they rejected our God in the garden. Mm. So really, really, the being who knows rejecting rejection is the God of Jacob, um, the God of Israel, the God of Christians. And, um, and so I take it to him, and I just allow him to wash over me a sea of understanding and compassion and mercy that I cannot be forever crippled by the rejection. My background is I was bullied um, in elementary school, a little bit in middle school, and by the time I gained my footing in high school, I was such a cutthroat human who used words to not only uh, pierce other people, but really as a shield for my own life. And my goal was to make something of myself just to prove everyone wrong. It was never, you know, to do something 
for the sake of others or to fulfill some kind of call. It always, in the deep, deep down, I think if I, if I looked really deep down, it was about proving everyone wrong. Um, so dealing with rejection in a healthy manner has only been in the last couple of years that I've been able to say like, okay, like you're saying, this is an opportunity to create or, you know, people that are supposed to be my friends will be, um, or let me look to the one who has been rejected long before I ever knew rejection. Um, this is all new in, in me working through this, but I mean, my reading actually, um, in my utmost for his highest, I, I still, I'll link it in the show notes. It's my all-time favorite devotional. Um, I visit it probably every other year. But um, anyway, it's a yearly devotional, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And um, he says this um, about being um, being shaped by God. He says, This call has nothing to do with personal sanctification, but with being made broken bread and poured out wine. In other words, the call of God, what God is doing in your life has nothing to do with what you can do, but it has to do with what God is going to do through you by breaking you down. Um, It says that God can never make us wine if we object to the fingers he uses to crush us with. If God would only use his own fingers and make me broken bread and poured out wine in a special way. So in other words, we can't choose what humbles us. We can't choose what God uses to make us more like him. It says, but when he uses someone whom we dislike or some set of circumstances to which we said we would never submit and makes those the crushers, we object. We must never choose the scene of our own martyrdom. If we are ever going to be made into wine, we will have to be crushed. You cannot drink grapes. Grapes become wine only when they have been squeezed. It's actually, um, I think May 8th is like my all-time favorite day in the devotional, and it talks about that same language of being crushed as grapes. And I thought this was so timely for what we're talking about, the rejection, because no one wants to be humbled through the means of other humans rejecting you. Right. So allowing God to use that, though, I think is the beginning of a really, really sweet, sweet season. Um I love that this devotional goes on to say um, that uh, I wonder what kind of finger and thumb God has been using to squeeze you. You know, what has God been using? Who has God been using? And you have been like a marble and escaped. Mm -hmm. You are not ripe yet. And if God had squeezed you, the wine would have been remarkably bitter. To be a sacrament... To be a sacramental personality means that the elements of the natural life are presenced by God as they are broken provent oh my goodness broken for his service. We have to be adjusted into God before we can be broken into bread in his hands. Um and so it just kinda it kinda goes on to say like, you know, rejecting that or for me, choosing bitterness and anger and depression for the rejection is just not really submitting to the plan God has for me and making me more like him. And so to be rejected in my art is really like hard and frustrating, but I'm not creating for them anyway. So I have to get out of that mindset and trust the one whom I'm creating for, which is really sappy in Sunday school, I think. 
but it's the truth for me. Especially when we live in an age of Instagram followers and shares and likes and numbers, 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 the more, the more, the more, the more, the more, fame, fame, fame. Um, it's nice to kind of come back and and recognize that I do this for the Lord. There's so many times where people, and this is just a little tyrant, it is what it is, tyrant, tangent. There's so many times where people will try to sell me things. What are they called, those businesses? The um, MLMs? They're, yeah. The, the, the pyramids. People call them pyramids. Pyramid, pyramid schemes, schemes, where it's yeah. like everybody has their own business now, right? Everyone's trying to like sell me something, and I always like think it's like, but when have you supported what I've done as an artist? Like, when have you subscribed to my email list? When have you shared my post? When have you commented to help the algorithm? And it's like stupid little things. But I always see that as like a form of rejection, I guess. And I have to, you know, that's been something I've kind of had to release and say like, no, I'm going to still support people regardless if they support what I'm doing because I'm not doing it for them anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what I do is my own prerogative. And if I'm doing it for people, if I'm creating for a response for an audience, then maybe I need to get out of creating because that should not be the motive. And I think it's really the motive of like a lot of people. Yeah, there's a TED Talk about this um, that... Yes, yes, What's yes. His name? We'll We'll link it in the show notes. Um, it's worth your time. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. Creating for attention or for something attention, like that. Yeah. Like, it's very like powerful. Um, I want to ask you this because you, I think, hit the nail on rejection in a very personal level. Why do you think rejection shakes us to the core so much? Because... I think maybe that's the deep, like, human longing is to belong. And so when you're rejected, you're told that you don't belong, or you're not good enough, or you don't measure up, or or what, or you're too much. <laughs> Which is crazy, because I think that this is, like, the age of acceptance. But in accepting, we also are rejecting. Like, if you don't accept this person, or this thing, or this trend, then... We don't want anything to do with you. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, well, is it really accepting? Are we really inclusive? Because it kind of feels very exclusive. Yeah. Just another exclusive for exclusivity's sake. That's what I love with, like, I mean, you guys know me. I'm all here for the award shows. I'm all here for the glitz and the glam, you know, of just the American art and entertainment industry at large. But it's so funny to watch these celebrities... Um, be so for the marginalized and for the broken or whatever but it's like at the end of the day they're the ones that are still sitting at the million dollar table mm-hmm. in downtown LA and wearing the for their dresses awards. yeah so it's like yeah like they're inclusive with quotation air quotes but there's still there has to be an exclusivity to them which is, that's the problem with, like, celebrity pastors. Now we're really getting on a tangent. But that's, like, the problem with celebrity pastors. Like, there's still something about them that's not attainable. And there's not, like, um, not attainable, but um, not... Uh, approachable? Yeah, like, approachable. Exactly. Yeah. It's not approachable. And then there's a problem then. There's a problem then. There's a breakdown. And we've even talked about this. Like, I understand that. Like, I understand why a pastor of 
20,000 church or person mega church probably can't be as accessible to everyone, right? It's just for the safety of the pastor. Mm-hmm. The pastor would be worn out. There's a lot of things there. It's like, well, then maybe we're doing something wrong if one pastor is over 20,000 people. <laughs> like maybe. Because maybe a pastor should be able to know his people, his and flock, be and be approached. Yeah. So then we create these hierarchies and these... um celebrity cultures that's like it's really exclusive and then there's going to be rejection then mm-hmm. absolutely all the way down so it's just a matter of who who's willing to put up with it and you know i'm not i'm not willing to be rejected in that way at least not by my pastor whether they mean to or not mm. so that was a, another tangent but good nonetheless rejection is hard but not it's not the, the end. end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be the beginning to something Absolutely. incredible. An opportunity, a nearness to God. So, yeah, that was awesome. So, what are you consuming as of late? It's so weird. I've been, you know, trying to make a habit of just consuming good quality books and music and TV and it's just it gets exhausting after a while you know trying to keep, keep on up. the hamster wheel of the latest show and, book and the movie that hit theaters and the pulitzer prize winning book and it's like ah so um so i'm still reading you know my goal was 24 books this year i'm at about 18 so i'm on track to, to hit that goal um i'm reading a couple different things uh i don't know if i talked on here about the farewell and i, I wanted to talk about it um if I've already talked about it, then you can just fast forward a little bit. But um, The Farewell is a little independent film that came out in July. Actually, the same weekend as The Lion King, mm-hmm. which I find so funny. Um, it actually did better than The Lion King per theater um, box office because it was only released to five theaters. And it made more money per theater than The Lion King did. But whatever. Um, and it's about... This Chinese American girl, who or I guess she's Chinese actually, really Chinese girl that was is raised in the United States, and her um, her grandmother is diagnosed with cancer, and in China they don't tell the elderly that they're dying, as to to allow them to kind of live free on their last few months, and you know she comes from an American culture where like what that's like against the law, like you have to tell. And um, so they ha- they go back to China, her and her parents, and um, and just watch her struggle with that. And it's actually based on a true story. Um, Aquafina is the lead, won a bunch of awards in Sundance, and I, I think it's poised to have a nice little Oscar run. But um, it's my movie of the year. It's my pick of the year so far. Um, I usually have a top three or four films of the year and so far there's only one in that list and it's the farewell it um is a phenomenal little film so if you get to see it and redbox i'm sure it'll be out soon um i saw somewhere that lion king is going to be on dvd here soon so i'm sure farewell won't be behind it far behind it and i really encourage you to watch it that's something i consumed that i honestly i consumed like a month or two ago (laughs) so anyway i would have done an emmy reactions podcast but that was for last week and there really isn't much to say except for that flea bag just which the creators Phoebe swept she, she swept took all the big awards not only for flea bag but also for killing eve 
Yes, and Marvel vs. Maisel also took home some awards. So I just love, it's like, I was telling a friend at work that I don't really get into sports necessarily, but when you watch entertainment and you just feel like this is, you know, I love this, this is my pick of the year, and then you watch it go on to win awards, it feels so affirming in your taste. Um, so I was like cheering if you saw my Instagram stories. I was just so excited to see my two favorite shows on TV right now. Um, Which was very surprising when. because they had like Game of Thrones winning most of it or um, what's the other one that was also um, last Veep. season? Veep. So for the comedy, yeah, Veep was supposed to take everything. It was this last season. And um, and f- yeah, and Fleabag, which was only two seasons, it was not nominated for anything the first season. Second season all of a sudden comes out and wins for writing, directing, acting. It wins the big award, comedy Indeed, award. And yeah. It's just, it's wild. That was unprecedented. And I... Um, I was actually reading some articles about it the other day and people were trying to like figure out how that happens because like it was not supposed to happen that way. And it they came down to the reality that Veep and Maisel actually split the vote. Mm. And so you had this like third way come in and say, flea bag. So um, lots of sexual content. I mean, that's my thing with flea bag. There is a sexual warning, I have to say. But other than that, it's a really great series. So. Really great, right? What about you? Well, we started watching The Politician. And it's not for me, decided. Yeah, halfway uh, through. Are we really done with that show? I mean, I'll finish it, but here's oh. the thing. I don't really like when we joke or say things about murder or suicide. Like, there's a couple times where, like, you know, they say, I'm going to kill this person, and they mean it. And so for that reason, um, I just really feel like if my daughter was watching that, she would be very susceptible to that kind of message um, as a high schooler, as a middle schooler. And so I am not really for that kind of language and talk um, on a show where there is a suicide attempt, there is a suicide, and then there is a, a murder plot to kill somebody. Maybe. It, maybe. And it's very, like, flippant. So I'm not really about that. Not here for it. Other than that, I've been with my newborn. So I didn't haven't had really a lot of time between my newborn and my toddler. But I hope to continue with a couple of books that I have on my nightstand. Yeah. And so. Yep. We are um we are kind of coming to an end. Well, maybe not. We have a couple more episodes in this season. Um but we're excited to break down some fall movies um, in the next couple episodes. And also next week, I'm really excited. It's my passion, um, live theater. We're going to have a conversation about the importance of live theater. Um, so we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Casa de Arte. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, email us at casa de arte podcast at gmail.com. And we're still a new podcast, so if you like what you heard, please give us a review and share with your friends. Now it's over to you. Go create and give your art a home.